Today in our gospel, um, we hear about Jesus, the, the back half of this first homily, this first sermon that he gives in his hometown. And in it, it ends in a way that we wouldn't quite expect, unless you listen to last week's homily. Jesus, at the very end of today's gospel, uh, seems to kind of hit a nerve with the people. Something he said really made them angry, really ticked them off to the point that they wanted to throw him off of a mountain. That seems kind of intense. So what was it that he said that all of a sudden got them this angry, got them to the point that they wanted to throw him off of a mountain? Well, Jesus, he brings up two images, two, two episodes from the Old Testament that if we're not paying attention, we may not recognize. The first, we hear about the, the prophet, Elisha, going to this, uh, this, this widow in Zarephath. The second one he brings up is this leper named Naaman. In both of these things, both of these spaces in the Old Testament, these are actions of God going to the Gentiles, going outside of God's chosen people to prove a point. Going outside of the ones, the the Israelite people who were supposed to be God's chosen people, were supposed to be people of the law, were supposed to be people that are living the life that they should be living perfectly and rightly because they are loved and they know God personally in a different way than everyone else. And God doesn't use his people, he goes outside of that circle to the Gentiles. So the widow in Zarephath is not a Jew is not an Israelite. But God proves a point and works a miracle of multiplying bread for her. Her and her son. That they can live and that they can eat and that they can survive. For Naaman, there's plenty of lepers that he could could cure in this area. And some of them were Jews. But he chooses Naaman who's outside of the chosen people. And he cures him. So the point that Jesus makes to the people is that, hey, guess what? Just because you're in the synagogue today doesn't mean that you're living perfectly. Doesn't mean that God's going to necessarily act through you. Unless we're contrite and completely given over to the Lord. Completely given over to God and letting him work through us. So it's challenging, and it's hard, and they get mad and want to cast them out. I think this kind of teaching for us sometimes can be hard as well, because honestly, like, we don't always feel qualified to live out and to do the mission that God has called us to. Amen? We don't always feel qualified to to live out and to proclaim the gospel to people around us. Our family, our friends, our schools, workplace, wherever we are, sometimes we don't feel qualified to do it. And I think there's two, to- two different ways that we don't feel qualified. One, we may hear from other people that we're not qualified. I remember uh, uh, this time of year is always a fun time of year um, because we're getting ready for Mardi Gras, right? 
And every year, Mardi Gras is one of my favorite times because it's just fun. There's something about it that's just about family. And like, we stand by a road and there's nothing to do except visit with people and be with our families and be with our friends, right? And it's just a time of celebration. Well, my first memory of Mardi Gras goes back to when I was in kindergarten. The reason why I know how, what grade I was in and not the age I was is because it had to do with St. Mary's. Now, St. Mary's, for 50 years now, this year, 50 years, celebrating the crew of Kitty's Parade. Friday before Mardi Gras, awesome, fun time, community event, very similar to the race yesterday, right? We just come out in droves and have fun as a parish community. Well, we all know, if you don't, you're about to find out, that we have a big float. And on that big float, there's a representative from each class, a boy and a girl. So you start from the youngest, and you got king and a queen, and you got a page and a duke, and you got all these different things going back, which might not be politically correct, but we're going to ignore that, Um, right? We got doctors and nurses. We've got firefighters and police women or men or whatever it is. I don't know. But we go all through. Well, in kindergarten, the two representatives on the big float are the priest and the nun. And I still remember sitting in my class because every kindergarten class has like a magic carpet, right? And all the kids come sit at the teacher's feet and they're listening and paying attention. And I wasn't because I was me. Uh, And I was like probably picking on people or talking because I would never do that. Yogi's son would never do that, right? Um, But I'm sitting there and I remember the teacher sitting there and just like, okay, so we're going to pick the names. And they pick, I forgot who the nun was, but they pick it's like, okay, it's time for the priest. So they grab the cup with all the boys' names. They pick it, open it up, and I still remember this vividly. She laughed. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be so funny. Who's going to be the priest? John David Mathern. <laughs> really? <laughs> Laugh at me? Like, really? Like, come now, it's fun, and it was, it's a great memory, and it's something cute and fun to think about, and I did a fantastic job as the priest on that float. Don't worry. Um, didn't realize it would be 25 years in the making that I'd become a priest, but anyway, like, I remember that moment, though. There's a, there's, there was something about the laughing was kind of like, am I what? Because I'm loud, kind of bad, am I disqualified? But I think this is true. Like, sometimes we can look at things around us and say, like, really, we can see other people kind of disqualify us from having something to say. They kind of, people, other people sometimes can just put us aside and disqualify us for a certain position. Whether that be in work, school, whatever. Like, people sometimes, like, we might have good ideas and be like, like talented in certain ways, and we can just get disqualified for, for reasons that aren't that important. I think something to pay attention to throughout Scripture is that God uses those who are not qualified over and over again. When I was in the seminary, one of the things that priests used to tell us all the time was that God does not call the qualified. What He does is He qualifies those who are called. Let me repeat that. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those who are called. 
Every one of us, by our baptism, are called to be witnesses in the world. And if we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to qualify us. And if you don't believe me, look at his track record. Look at the Old Testament. He called Moses to lead the Israelites through the desert and into the promised land. We'll find in Scripture that it says Moses was slow of speech. That was a nice way to say he had a stutter. And he preached to people in the deserts and led them. If we keep going a little bit further, Abraham, maybe before, actually backwards, if, but we look at Abraham. Abraham, everybody was telling him he was too old. But it was through God's promise that he was going to have his descendants as many as the stars in the sky that Abraham was able to build a family which would turn into God's chosen people. David, King David, he was an adulterer. Sure, he killed a giant with a stone and all these things, but he was an adulterer. If there's someone who's not qualified, I think we can say an adulterer would not be qualified to be a king of God's chosen people. But he let God work through him. We look at the New Testament. Jesus continues this exact same thing when he's calling us. He's calling people who are not qualified. Peter had a tendency to put his foot in his mouth. And he was a kind of bad fisherman. He was even bad at the job that he had. Paul was a murderer and would go on to write half of the New Testament. We look at the apostles up and down. They had their problems. But God didn't worry if they were qualified on the front end. He knew that if they were faithful, that he was going to qualify them. So I think sometimes we can look at all the reasons why not for someone else. Or we can see that others are looking at why not for us, when in reality, God's call is enough. The second way I think that we kind of disqualify, that we find, feel disqualified sometimes, is we have a tendency to disqualify ourselves. Yesterday, um, because my sister, I love her to death, um, I decided I was going to run the race, which was almost my death, so it was pretty fun. Um, but I ran the 5K first thing in the morning, and as we're getting up and getting ready and people are stretching and stuff, I was talking to a few people, and they were saying, man, I haven't run in like three weeks. <laughs> and I'm looking at them like, <laughs> yeah, good job. But they're saying like, I haven't run in three weeks or three months or three years or whatever it is, and like, man, like, this ain't going to be pretty. There was this tendency of people before the race even started to say, look, I'm going to kind of temper ex expectations and say, look, I'm not going to be that good. In a way, I kinda, I'm going to step back and I'm going to kind of disqualify myself. I think all of us in our own life, when it comes to our mission as disciples, when it comes to our mission as witnesses out in the world, can do this. But it doesn't sound like, oh man, I haven't run in three weeks. It sounds like this. You know, I really don't know much. I don't feel like I know enough to be able to share my faith. You know, I, 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 look, like, I, 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 hear, I hear homilies and I hear talks and I hear all these things and like, I listen to Christian music, but like, I don't know if that's quite enough to have an opinion. 
about things in the world, about ways that our faith is, is, is attacked. And I think what happens is we kind of get in this mode where we can disqualify ourselves. We can look at the thousand weaknesses that we have and not pay attention to the one overarching, eclipsing strength and that is that God has not qualified, he's not called the qualified, but that he has qualified those who are called. Every one of us has the gift of the Holy Spirit alive and living in our hearts. And if you feel like that's been, been extinguished in some way, confession's there to help you out with that. But God continues to pour out his life into our hearts if we're just able to receive if we're just willing to be open. Now, openness then means, an openness is always responded with being sent. Today in our first reading, Jeremiah, the space that gets skipped in the, in the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah makes an excuse. He says, I'm too young. He says, Lord, I am too young to be called to go out and to be a prophet to anyone. And God says, no, 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 do not say I am too young because I am with you. The Lord is with every single one of us, calling us to witness. Doesn't matter if we're 30, doesn't matter if we feel like we're 300, or we woke up this morning and we were three. God calls every single one of us to go out and to witness. Just like the Lord cured the leper, just like the Lord fed the widow, in the Old Testament, God comes into our life to heal us, to feed us, and then to send us. So today, as we come to this celebration of the Mass, as we come to open up our lives to receive Him more, we come to be healed in a powerful and profound way. We come to be fed, not with food of the earth, but with the spiritual food that sends us out with love itself that's diffusive, that has to be shared. So today, as we come, let us all continue to hold on to the truth that God has not simply called a bunch of people who are qualified. Rather, he qualifies every one of us because we've been called.